on Monday, episode 74 was aired, and it was an interview, one of my first interviews with a wonderful young man by the name of George Ackerman, who has such a heart for getting the word out related to Parkinson's disease and dementia. I mentioned in the episode that we we recorded a couple of weeks ago that I have a family connection to Parkinson's disease, which was one of the reasons I reached out uh, to George. And it was a wonderful episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. And then today's episode is to try to understand and answer the question for people whether people with Parkinson's disease always develop dementia and what are the different types of Parkinson's disease related types of dementia. I invite you, if you have not yet registered for my free monthly workshop, to go to Instagram and direct message me the word workshop, and you can get the link to sign up for the workshop. It's about two hours, and we really go in depth into the process of how you can start to actually change the outcome of your family caregiving journey. So go check it out, and I look forward to seeing you in the workshop. Uh, we actually talk, I talk to people, I'll answer your questions, and go ahead, register early, and show up, and then I look forward to you guys uh, giving me feedback on this podcast episode on Parkinson's disease. If you like the show, please go to Apple Podcasts and write me a review. It means so much to me. I actually do read them. It gives me such encouragement to, to keep doing this program. So go ahead and I will see you in the episode. Hey there, success seeker. Welcome to Dementia Caregiving for Families. Do you feel overwhelmed with the daily struggle of dementia caregiving? Looking for an easier path? You're in the right place. On this podcast, we teach you the skills to simplify caregiving. We unravel the mystery of dementia and guide you through the often difficult behaviors. I'm Lizette, your host and fellow family caregiver. As an occupational therapist, I bring my professional and personal experience to this community. Here we speak the truth, but without the verbal vomit. I know you will find value in today's program. So buckle up while this flight takes off. Welcome to episode 75, which is Do People with Parkinson's Disease Always Develop Dementia? So let's unpack that a little bit. I'd like to start with what is Parkinson's disease? The reason for today's episode is because earlier this week in episode 74, I interviewed Dr. George Ackerman, and it was such a wonderful experience for me. And he is doing such tremendous good work in Parkinson's disease advocacy. But because there is a strong component of dementia related to Parkinson's, I thought I would unpack that a little bit today. A little known fact, uh, probably a little more known fact since I mentioned it in Monday's episode, is that my grandfather actually had Parkinson's disease. 
So when I first started working as an occupational therapist, it was my very first specialty certification was in how to help people living with Parkinson's disease. It was very frustrating to me because when we were living here in the United States, obviously my grandfather was still in South Africa. And as his Parkinson's disease progressed, I was able to hear the changes and the signs and symptoms that he was having of late stage Parkinson's, including developing probably a Parkinson's disease dementia over time, as well as the problem that he was having uh, aspiration or he was he was choking on his own saliva when I spoke with him on the phone. It was very difficult and sad for me because I had all of this knowledge and information that I could use to help my own family, and I was unable to do it because I was living on the other side of the world. Uh, so as a family caregiver, I want you to hear very clearly that I understand that sometimes you have the desire to help a family member living with dementia, whether it be Parkinson's disease, dementia, Lewy body dementia, or any of the other types of dementia. And it is due to providential circumstances, not in your ability to actually do something to physically help them because of whatever factors that may be. So I want to encourage you, if you're in a position where you are wanting to be a family caregiver and help somebody that you love living with dementia, but you're unable to do it, it, it is a difficult uh, thing to accept, but it is okay. As long as you can do everything you can to help that person thrive, and if you're helping the people who are able to support them, Give yourself some grace and give yourself some comfort that the Lord knows you have this desire and to just continue to serve where you can, educate people, continue to learn for yourself. So it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard sometimes. The world is turned into a, a much larger place, but a much smaller place. Uh, my family is spread over four different continents. We have family in Canada, in the U.S., in Australia, and in South Africa. So I get it. Uh, be gracious to yourself, dear um, courageous person who is a family caregiver. Thank you for being here and listening to today's episode. And let us start with understanding, first of all, what is Parkinson's disease? So Parkinson's disease is a a disease process where you start to have abnormal things clump up in your brain. It also has to do with a neurotransmitter. Idiopathic Parkinson's disease has to do with our body not getting enough dopamine, which means that we start to have these signs and symptoms of Parkinson's disease. So what are the signs and symptoms of Parkinson's disease? I promise this isn't going to be all sciencey. I get that. Uh, I can do the whole nerd thing, but we're not going to do the whole nerd thing. The typical four, what we would call cardinal signs or the signs that doctors are looking for when diagnosing somebody living with Parkinson's disease, and we're starting specifically with Parkinson's disease first, are tremor, um, you know, the 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 cardinal Parkinson's tremor is what we call a pill roll tremor. It looks like you're holding a pill and you're rolling it in your fingers. 
but it's not always as evident as that. It can be a very slight tremor. It can be uh, a lot more evident over time. And frequently it starts in one extremity or one arm and then moves to the other one. A lot of my people that I've worked with over decades have told me that sometimes they felt the tremor on the inside, but you couldn't see it on the outside. So I thought that was very interesting. So tremor is one of the cardinal signs. Another cardinal sign of Parkinson's disease is what we call bradykinesia. Well, that's just the big fat fancy word for slowness of movement, right? So what happens, the person's body has difficulty actually getting going. So starting the movement out because of the the lack of the, the neurotransmitter in these clumps in their brain causing this slowness of movement. And then once the movement starts, so the person is very difficult to get going, but once they get going, they cannot stop either. And I've seen people living with Parkinson's disease where, you know, they struggle to get up and going, but then on the other end, when they're trying to stop on the other side, they can't slow it down either. So that happens as well. That's called bradykinesia, fancy word for slowness of movement. The third cardinal sign of Parkinson's disease is what we call rigidity, right? So it's kind of think like a board, difficulty bending or, or straightening out, um, it, it, very rigid. We all understand what rigid looks like, right? We're like, think of a guy standing in front of a Buckingham Palace like a board that's rigid. Then we have what we call postural instability. That's the fourth cardinal sign of Parkinson's disease. And what that looks like is this postural uh, difficulty, difficulty with balance. So a lot of people with Parkinson's disease will end up falling. Uh, difficulty with coordination, which all all of these work together. So those are the those are the signs of Parkinson's disease. But back to the question, do people with Parkinson's disease always develop dementia? Have you ever wondered why women in particular are struggling when they are family caregivers? Why we wait so long to actually either prior prioritize ourselves or prioritize our health or prioritize our other relationships? Why we give and give and give at the expense of ourself? I have often wondered why. And frequently, one of the things that pops out is that I don't think women believe that they deserve to take care of themselves. We're moms. Oftentimes, uh, we are either professional caregivers or we are in the caring profession or caring professions of various different kinds. And so we tend to put our wants, needs, and desires in the background, which is all well and good when life is smooth sailing. It's not such a good idea when you are a family member of somebody living with dementia, is it? It is very uh, difficult to navigate 
uh, either dementia caregiving or the healthcare system related to caregiving, the healthcare system at all, uh, family members related to dementia caregiving. The list goes on and on and on. And I know that you know because you are living this. But today, if you are listening to this podcast, Dementia Caregiving for Families, I have an invitation to you to become a founding member of my brand new group coaching program. But this is a very unique and different and extremely valuable offer that I am making you today because it is a low-cost group coaching program. Now, what does that mean? What's the difference between a group coaching program and a membership? There are lots of memberships. Think Netflix or, you know, even Amazon Prime is a membership. It's just an annual membership, your AAA membership. There are lots of memberships, right? The difference with this is if you think of a membership like Netflix or Hulu or those type of memberships, they're a cancel whenever you want type of membership, including your gym membership. You can cancel it whenever you want. I'm proposing a different, unique way of dementia caregiving communities. I'm propose proposing that we don't look at it from a, oh, stop whenever you want to because life's gotten crazy and in the way uh, type of community and cancel it. I want to bring people into the community that are going to have the right level of support for the remainder of the person that they are taking care of's life. So for the 54 founding members of my group, my low-cost group program, I'm going to be giving them two very special things. Number one, all of the family members can join for the same low-cost price. So it's a one-and-done price, but the whole family can be in the same community getting the same information from a professional who is not involved in the family drama to be the moderator between all the siblings. The second big benefit is that I'm allowing the founding members and the founding members only, the 54 founding members, to actually uh, stay in this community for the duration of the length of their parent or spouse or whoever they're supporting's lifetime. So that's a big, big, big value. I have never heard of anybody else who is thinking about doing something like this. So why, Lizette? Why are you willing to do this? Isn't it going to take all your time and energy? Well, maybe. I don't know. But I can tell you one thing. I know that the research shows, the data out in the world shows that people who are the family caregivers of a person living with dementia need support over time. They don't need a one and done. They need longitudinal support over an extended period of time. And so that's what I'm proposing to you today to become a founding member. If you're interested, I want you to message me on Instagram. Your other option is check in the show notes below. We'll have the link for this offer. And I hope, I pray to see you be one of the founding members of this new, totally different concept, low-cost group coaching program for family members of people living with dementia? The short answer is no. 
However, having said that, a large percentage of people who have idiopathic Parkinson's disease, which means that the uh, medication for the dopamine replacement can actually affect a change and help them. So there are different types of Parkinson's disease. But a person who has idiopathic Parkinson's disease, the one that the medication, Cinemet, or a dopamine replacement can um, help with, do they always develop dementia? And the short answer is no. However, like I said, a large percentage of people who have Parkinson's disease, if they live long enough, can develop dementia on top of their Parkinson's disease. So the second point we're going to talk about is understanding Parkinson's disease-related dementias, right? What, what does that mean? Most of you guys have heard of the term umbrella term related to dementia, right? So dementia is a over, um, overarching or umbrella over multiple different types of dementia. And one of the umbrellas underneath that is the umbrella of Parkinson's-related dementias. Now, underneath that umbrella, think another baby umbrella. And underneath the baby umbrella, we have three things. We have dementia with Lewy bodies, we have Parkinson's disease, and then we have Parkinson's disease dementia. So Parkinson's-related dementias are about 5 to 10% of the dementias, depending on which you know, resource you're, you're looking at. But about 5 to 10% of the dementias are Parkinson's disease-related dementia or Parkinson's-related dementias. So what is what does what's the difference between the two? So we have we're going to talk a little bit about the progression of Parkinson's disease. Now we're going to look at the two different ways that people re result in Parkinson's related dementias, and they really have to do with which which path a person is on. Now, what do you mean by that, Lizette? So imagine going on a walk into just going for a walk like a trail and you come up to a fork in the trail and the one fork in the trail goes to Parkinson's disease dementia and the other fork in the trail goes to dementia with Lewy bodies. So how do you know when you're looking at the big umbrella of Parkinson's related dementias, how do you know which one is which, right? And that's that's a very important quest, question. The biggest difference between these two types of dementia are specifically related to the cause of how we got there, which path we're on. And for example, a person living with Parkinson's disease that over time develops dementia, Parkinson's disease symptoms are first. So the tremor, the slowness of movement, the rigidity, the postural instability, all of those signs come first. And then later on in their disease process, do they start to develop the thinking 
parts of it, the decreased ability to problem solve or thinking or difficulty with their memory. But their Parkinson's disease was evident first. We knew that they had Parkinson's disease, like my grandfather. My grandfather likely had Parkinson's disease, dementia, because he had Parkinson's. I, um, I was young. I don't recall exactly how old he was when he developed Parkinson's disease, but he was in his 60s, maybe mid to late 60s, and he lived until he was 85. So by the time he got to the latter part of his 20-year-plus journey with Parkinson's disease, he his, his disease process had translated into having difficulty with his thinking, difficulty with his memory. All of the thinking stuff, the what we call dementia, came later on. The physical stu stuff came first. Now, the flip side of that is a person who is living with dementia, dementia with Lewy bodies. So that's a different type of dementia. It's also still the Parkinson's related dementia. But dementia with Lewy bodies is when the thinking stuff comes first and the physical stuff comes later on. Lewy body dementia is caused because the body makes these deposits of protein in the brain that cause over time the stiffness and the tremors and the slowness. But the thinking stuff started first. So typically we notice a memory deficit or other types of difficulty processing so their, their thinking signs come first, and then their physical signs come later. I, I still find it very sad, and I think about this often when I do my classes, my free workshop, which I do a couple of times a month. Um, I do a monthly free workshop on three tips for you to be able to manage, quote unquote, challenging behaviors in somebody living with dementia that I invite you to come to uh, sign up for it. The link is in the show notes. Like I said, I do this free workshop. It's about two hours every month and a couple of times a month. I would love to have you come so that you can kind of learn a little bit more about this. So I do my free workshop and I mention Patch Adams frequently during my workshop for a couple of reasons. Patch Adams was a physician, and I don't recall what years he was a physician. However, he was played by the actor Robin Williams. And so when I do my free workshop, I actually have a lot of Patch Adams quotes in it because Patch Adams, Robin Williams, who played Patch Adams, was actually, you know, he committed suicide. And initially, everybody thought he had just committed suicide because he was depressed. Well, come to find out when they did an autopsy, he had undiagnosed Lewy body dementia or dementia with Lewy bodies. So it can really impact people's thinking processes first, and then the physical signs come later on. So that's the biggest difference between the progression of dementia with Lewy bodies or Parkinson's disease dementia. Now, what can you do about it? If you suspect somebody you love has Parkinson's disease, don't despair about it. 
get a diagnosis. An earlier diagnosis is better. The sooner you find out what you're dealing with is better because there are things that you can start to do. There's a lot of therapy. There's one called Lee LSBT Big. There are lots of different things that you can do for somebody living with Parkinson's to truly impact their life, keep them active, decrease the physical signs of the Parkinson's disease, uh, find a Parkinson's disease support group, uh, truly focus on the physical stuff for a person who is living with idiopathic Parkinson's disease. Start there. Start with the physical stuff. Learn as much as you can about the whole process of living with Parkinson's disease, because it can impact everything. It impacts people's ability to sleep. It makes people sometimes not initiate real well. There are lots of things that go with it outside the scope of this podcast today, but really get yourself involved with the local Parkinson's Disease Association and learn as much as you can about Parkinson's disease. Now, if you have somebody who you are, you love and you support and you know that they have Lewy body dementia, I invite you to truly reach out to me. Uh, consider joining my Founding 54 um, low-cost, truly ridiculous price, low-cost group membership so we can help you with the the way that you need to help the person you love who has both physical problems as well as cognitive impairment. So we want to put you in a, in a group where you get support, where you can ask questions, where there's a positive community around you for uh, support, where we can track your stress levels, where we can give you the practical skills that you need to take care of the person that you're helping who has a diagnosis of Lewy body dementia or dementia with Lewy bodies. You need to find support. There are only a handful of places people can truly get support related to these types of dementias. Some of them are free Facebook groups. The problem I have with free Facebook groups is unless you're very careful about the Facebook group that you're in, it can be what I call verbal vomit, um, where everybody is feeling anonymous and they just come in and they can just go blah and say everything that they want about things because there's a modicum of, um, you know, anonymity. Uh, people don't know who I am. And I'm really trying to create, my mission is to create uh, a positive, not a just say it's positive and, and, you know, forget the realities, but to look at the problem differently and to teach people to think differently about their journey, because you can become an extraordinary caregiver. You can change how your thought processes are related to whatever type of dementia you are helping somebody with. But it starts with me. I can't change the circumstances that I'm living in. I cannot change the fact that I know my dad now has mild cognitive impairment. Um, I cannot change the reality that I'm having to be a family caregiver to my, my mom and my dad. I cannot change that. The only thing I can change is how I choose to live and how I choose to respond to the changes in my life. And I choose to, to be a caregiver that is going to do everything in my ability to uh, protect myself and my own mindset and the way I look at the problem and how I come to 
to coming up with practical solutions to the specific problems instead of just focusing on the the stuff I cannot control. It's been fascinating to me as I've been learning about starting a business, how similar the mindset of a person who is an entrepreneur has to be related to starting their business and how much overlap there is between that and being a successful, extraordinary caregiver. It starts with what you believe. It really does. And so if you're ready for more help and support, if you're looking for a positive, uplifting, science-backed, evidence-based, not fluff, not verbal vomit community that is a low-cost group, not a membership, a membership implies you can leave. I want to bring people in for the duration of their journey. I want you to have support and success around you for the entire time, I invite you to uh, watch my free workshop. Consider becoming a founding 54 member, family member. I let you put your whole family group in it. And right now it is a ridiculous, ridiculous offer to start this group cohort out because my goal is 54 founding families. Once those 54 slots go away, it will be... an an annual type of investment. So I encourage you, reach out to me, uh, text me on Instagram, uh, start a conversation. I promise I'm a real live person on the other end. I will answer your questions. We can talk, we can set up a time to just dialogue. Uh, But I promise you, there are easier ways to do dementia and dementia caregiving. So this is one way that you can find support and help. So what did we talk about today? We talked about what Parkinson's disease is, right? How Parkinson's disease is different, uh, that there are different types of Parkinson's disease, what the signs and symptoms of Parkinson's disease are. Then we talked about understanding Parkinson's related dementias. We talked about Parkinson's disease dementia, and we talked about dementia with Lewy bodies, which are just two different paths to the same outcome. We really looked at that in depth, and then we talked about how you can get more individualized support. If I resonate with you, I would love to meet you. I am here for uh, the duration. We are going to change the outcome for the family caregivers of people living with dementia to answer the question, do people with Parkinson's disease always develop dementia? The answer in a nutshell is no, not always, but 50 to 80% of people can develop dementia over time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I look forward to talking to you. Message me on Instagram and reach out if you want to know more about the program and we will go from there. And thank you for listening and may the Lord bless you. Thanks for joining me today, Success Seeker. I pour my heart and soul into this program to serve you. You can serve me by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And join our free Facebook group, Dementia Caregiving for Families. It's a positive and proactive space to navigate dementia caregiving together. Get practical tools and find support, but without 
the verbal vomit. Be a part of our community where we seek to find peace of mind and ease despite a dementia diagnosis. So join today and see you next time as our flight takes off.